Hello friends, Hero here once again to tell you about another fabulous podcast. Chaker is a science fiction drama about a young woman who leaves the moon base where she was born, desperate to discover if she is, after all, the last remaining human. I've been binging Chaker all week and really enjoying it. It's so creative and characterful and I highly recommend giving it a listen. They've just finished their second season, so if you're a binge listener like me, there's plenty of episodes to get your teeth into. Stay tuned to the end of the credits to hear more. Travelling Light Episode 10 5th Enu 8.50 To the community at Emmerane who carry the light. We had only one full day in Port Limonos, that is, the port through which we landed on Potamos. I wish we could have stayed longer. It seems a fascinating place, and I have barely scratched the surface. I had just time enough to collect one more entry for the archives before we left, which I have, of course, attached. Then we were off again, travelling west to our true destination. It is rather a novelty to travel in the Tola while still in the planet's atmosphere. The only other time we have done so was on Varial, to watch the bioluminescence before we departed. I spent much of today's journey sitting with Annalisa in the observation deck. The room is flanked by two bulging, eye-like windows which offered spectacular views of the landscape below. It took us some time to travel past Port Limonos and its extensive suburbs, not that they looked much like the suburbs of Port Taroth. The land was clustered thickly with trees, which were in turn clustered with homes and shops for the many avian species who live in that region. Sensibly, I know the population density was likely comparable to that of Port Taroth, but it is a very different thing to see sweeping canopies and jumbled root systems in the place of rooftops and transport lines. Made me strangely homesick. I have found no rule or reason to what brings on these pangs. It seems as likely to be triggered by the strange as the familiar. I see a person dressed in a style that reminds me of the robes worn by the Weaver's Guild in Emmerine, and I am homesick. Then I eat something that is unlike anything I have ever tasted before, to which I have no point of comparison, and I am homesick. (laughs) I miss Emmeranian bread. As if there is no such bread in all the wide, wild galaxy. As if nobody else has ever thought to fold the dough just so to press it flat against itself so it bakes in soft, stretching layers, as if no other bread has that slight resistance as you pull it tight between your teeth. But I am getting carried away. We left the suburbs behind soon enough and broke out into open countryside. 
This part of Potamos is rather wet and mountainous, with flourishes of green in the lowlands between the peaks. The toller set down at last in a very isolated spot, settling herself upon a tiny, somewhat overgrown landing pad outside a settlement called Comey, which the locals insist is, technically, a town and not a village. I believe the distinction rests on the presence of both the landing pad and a communications relay, but given that the relay office doubles as the local tavern, I am not sure I find the claim entirely convincing. But regardless of how unassuming it may seem, we are nonetheless scheduled to remain in Comey for some days. There is an archaeological site nearby that is of particular interest to Dr. Tsarbek, and I believe Dr. Deutrin has some research she wishes to conduct regarding the region's textile traditions. There is a jolliness in the air aboard the ship, as if knowing we are not travelling on for a while has put everyone into a holiday mood. Hestia has arranged for us all to eat together tonight, not in the refectory, as we are accustomed, but at the aforementioned tavern. I think I shall knock on for early and twist their arm into joining us. It is altogether unconscionable that they should miss it, and I will not stand for it, no matter how much they protest. I shall take this letter with me, since the relay station is so very handy, and send it on tonight. And please, if you can, treat yourself to some fresh bread for me. Entry EN85006-2 An account of a conversation with an Ungolka woman with a passion for paper folding. Collected in Port Limonos. Keywords Arts and Crafts Ungolka Paper Crafts Potamos Port Limonos Notes our departure for Comey was not until the late afternoon, so I ventured out into Port Limonos as soon as I had breakfasted. I had been altogether too cooped up for far too long to miss any chance at stretching my legs, and besides, I wanted to take some time for myself before we journeyed on. I walked with no real purpose, enjoying the sights and sounds of the city. My feet carried me in time to a cafe where I ordered a cup of tea, though it was not quite like anything I would have called tea, and a pastry to keep me company while I watched the world go by. After a while, my attention was drawn to a woman sitting alone a few tables over. At least, she was alone when I arrived. I watched as a steady stream of people came in to sit with her, each staying a little while and chatting with her quite happily before going on their way. What struck me was that none of the visitors seemed to have come into the cafe with the intention of meeting her. All were surprised to see her, excited to have a chance to catch a few minutes of her time. And her guests ran the gamut of local people, covering a dizzying range of species, cultures, genders and ages. She greeted each one in turn, welcoming them into her presence and encouraging them to sit and take some tea with her. Some she laughed and joked with, some she entertained with ribald stories that, I confess, I felt my ears turn pink to hear. 
Yet others she sat with quietly, listening close as they shared their burdens. She was everything to these people. Mother, lover, friend, confidant, confessor. As she sat there, her six hands moved about her. Some gestured this or that, others lifted tea and cake to her mouth. But all the while, at least one pair of hands remained busy at the table, folding paper into ornate shapes and figures. Whenever the conversation ended, she would hand her erstwhile companion the paper figure she'd made while they were speaking, a souvenir of their time together. After watching several of these encounters in turn, she caught my eye. I suppose it was only a matter of time. I had been staring a little. You are new, she said. I did not know what to say. I cannot describe it. She looked at me and... <laughs> she was not a very striking-looking woman. I mean, no offence by this... As I said, she was an Ungolka, an older woman, and there was nothing in particular about her looks or her clothes to draw the eye. But when she looked at me, I blushed, hot and pink, as if the captain of the school repo team had suddenly called me by my name. I, I am sorry, I said. I, I did not mean to intrude. It is no intrusion, she said with that same strange magnetism. Come, sit with me a while. Just as with all her previous guests, she seemed to know what it was I wanted from her. She told me her story. Her name was Agatha, and she had been born and raised in Port Limonos. She told me about her life, first her childhood, then her time as a sex worker, and finally her later years working in the local hospitals, speaking on behalf of the health and interests of many species, drawing on her experience in the sex industry to do so. And she told me that, after so long in the city, she had become rather well-known. She had a reputation, she said this with no hint of arrogance, only the simplicity of truth, a reputation for being excellent company. That is a reputation well earned, I said. Agatha laughed. You are very sweet, she told me, and I blushed all over again. <laughs> I give them what I can, she said simply. A little time, a little attention. And the figures? I asked. She had been folding one while we spoke, and I had not quite dared to bring attention to it. But Agatha only smiled. They keep my mind sharp, she said, and give me something to do. They've become something of a calling card. Most of the people who come to me these days know me only by reputation. They see me making my figures, and they realise who I am. And then they join me for a while. They are very beautiful, I said, quite sincerely. The cafe owner, clearing the next table over, laughed. They're good luck, too, he said, nodding at the shelf above the till, where a row of little paper figures stood. I keep trying to get her to leave me some more, but she's insistent on giving them away. 
You already have more luck than you deserve, Corvalalos, Agata said, her hands working all the while. He laughed at this private joke and turned back to his work. I could feel that my time with Agata was coming to an end. I wanted to say something, something clever or profound, something to tell her what a strange and wonderful encounter this had been. But before I could, she made a final fold in the paper she was holding and took my hands in two of hers. She held them a while, looking into my eyes as if there was only me and her in all the world. Travel well, my darling, she told me, and take care of that big, open heart of yours. And she pressed the little paper figure into my hand and let me go. Travelling Light was created by H.R. Owen and Matt McDyer and is a Monstrous Productions podcast. This episode was written and performed by H.R. Owen. This week's entry to the archives was based on an idea by Respaba, with accompanying artwork available on our social media accounts. If you've got an idea for an archive entry, we want to hear it. You can send us anything from a one-line prompt to a fully written entry through our website, by email, or on social media. For more information, see the show notes. If you want to support Travelling Light, please consider leaving a review on your podcast platform of choice. You can also make a one-off donation or sign up for a monthly subscription at ko-fi.com slash monstrousproductions. Supporters will receive bonus artwork and additional content, the ability to vote on audience decisions, and an invitation to the Monstrous Productions Discord server. This podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. The theme tune is by Binker. must be on Mars. We were starting to send. Oh, Higa, let you. Are you there? Cheka, a science fiction audio drama, season two. So I really am alone. Back to what happened, prisoner. Uh, you, you don't know what happened on Earth? As you probably know, Mars broke contact with Tellas Jigov many souls ago. Earth went silent the year I turned eight, and we haven't heard anything from there since. <laughs> I have better things to do than listen to these fairy tales. Can you, for one moment, imagine that I am exactly what I tell you I am? What would it take for you to believe that? If your story is a bit more plausible, that'd help. Loyalty can stretch many ways. Seems like you're quite adept at keeping secrets yourself. If needed, yes. Cheka, Season 2. For more information, please visit y2kpod.com slash Cheka. That's C-H-A-I-K-A. I thought I wouldn't feel alone anymore once I got here, once I connected with some humans, but 
I feel more alone. I I only had my mom and then Hyuga and Lechu and I never I never questioned if I could trust them. It took me a while to consider them friends, but now now I have no one. <laughs>